Shafee. Shafee, are you there? The only word for this is transplendent. It's transplendent. Night has fallen once again over the hill country around Austin, Texas. And let me tell you, folks, it is a cold one tonight. Certain podcast hosts who podcast out of the garage are all bundled up and indeed had to dig out some gloves because it's that cold in their garage because a polar vortex is sweeping the nation. A bit of forward promo. We all need to figure out just what exactly a polar vortex is. I think that that's a job for Yield Word Shop. Alex Battles will be glad to hear that it's coming back. Uh, but meanwhile, we start once again with one magical hour, a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular. We'll talk to the man, the proverbial man inside two garages. He is the pride of Tarzana, California. He has mandibles like the predator. He's Matthew Rampy. Hello, Matthew. And I guess that's why they podcast the blues. Time on my hands. Could be time spent with you. Listening to Shafee, Poet, and Matthew ramble like downloads. Avalanche numbers. And I guess that's why we podcast the blues. I feel like if I was really inside two garages, I, I would be warmer. <laughs> yes. It's an ice it's an ice storm. Have you ever seen that movie, The Ice Storm? The uh, I have, yeah. I saw it in the yeah. theater. I saw it at uh, I did, River River Oaks movie theater in Houston, <laughs> Texas. I was in Germany when I saw it, which was weird. That was a great movie. I remember gotcha. it making me feel weird. Got your Kevin Kleins, got your Sigourney Weavers, got your Christina Ricci's. To anybody your... who's getting excited about this, we're not actually reviewing this movie. <laughs> uh, however, there is an ice storm going on out there. Matthew's trees are clacking together. It's very, it's it's very like... exciting. It's very exciting. For Matthew, did you know that I have polar bear DNA? I I I did not know that. I have I have fully convinced my niece and nephew uh, <laughs> because because I keep showing up in cold weather wearing shorts, and I I told them that I was part polar bear. I told them that over Christmas, and they you know kind of believed it, but weren't really sure. But since I keep showing up wearing shorts, they're like, oh yeah, that's that's because. He has polar bear DNA because his uncle, he has an uncle who's a polar bear. And Dottie put, put it together that if I have polar bear DNA, that that means she and little Shafee have polar bear DNA too. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And she's pretty Great. sure that she's pretty sure that Shafee got more of it because Shafee also likes to run around uh, underdressed for the weather. <laughs> So it's amazing uh, how much your namesake is is like you already. <laughs> it's a uh, it's funny that they that they're learning about they're learning about things like genetics kind of the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, I would say that uh, correlation does not imply causation here. <laughs> that's <laughs> I guess that's I mean, something we'll have to work out what, with them what, in the future. What you have there is a, is an Ariana Grande conspiracy, thing, you know, because uh, you're making like like the words all sound like they're they're making a lot of sense, right? Yeah, polar bear DNA, mm -hmm. short shorts. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all making sense. Wearing like, those shorts. It's, it's like all those conspiracy theories, just connecting the dots. Um. I, I want to tell you right away that there's a stream of consciousness on the show sheet that I'm not going to read verbatim. There's just some notes to help me remember some things. So. 
I don't know if you'd looked at the show sheet. Oh, I saw that you, you just added Shafi's part polar bear. There it is. And but we um, already covered that, so we can we can check that off. Yeah. You know that feeling that we get after we podcast? It's either and you and I have talked about this, it's either like, oh man, that was a that was a really good cast, you know, you feel good about it. Or you come off of it and you're kinda like, man, eh, that was okay. But then you listen to it later and you're like, oh, that was, you know, that was, that was great, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, or you think it was great and then, and then you listen to it and you're like, oh, it's okay. I, I hate that condition. Like, have you, can you recall a time when, like, you did something and then you, like, thought it didn't go well, but then it went well? I mean, every time we do this cast, definitely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually, I just realized this is our first, our first cast back after the uh, the deja vu episode <laughs> have you ever considered how well you and i handle adversity i think yeah i think we 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 dealt with what was dealt us yeah um i list i i mean that's that's minor minor adversity of course, uh, of in, course. in the grand scale of adversities but I we think just, we thought, but we thought something was going to happen and then it didn't happen and that's fine, but that's life. Yeah. Like okay. there's always that. It never turns out exactly like you think it's going to turn out. Everything in life is like that. You, you make, you can make play, you make all the plans in the world, the best laid plans of mice and men. And then things turn out differently and not like you wanted them to, but then after in retrospect you're like oh i see why that happened that needed to happen so this other thing could happen or a good example for me was some years ago i had left a graphic design job that i probably shouldn't have left i was just dealing with some stuff when it wasn't the the mechanics of the job weren't working for me it was a i went from having a my big office and being ahead of the department and then to like changing changing directions and I was in a little cubicle just didn't work so I walked away and I was freelancing and doing job interviews and I was interviewing with this company Charity Dynamics this sounded so cool it was like a marketing company for charities right and I'd had this in-person meeting that was like two hours long and like went so well and at the same time I was taking OSHA classes to get certified to go onto the commercial construction site to work with blue sky, you know? And I was like at this crossroads where it was like, I was either going to be, I was either going to continue being a graphic designer or I was going to be a carpenter, <laughs> which is fine, you know, but like is in terms of like where I thought my arc was going, carpenter and construction site were not necessarily that. And, yeah. um, it went, that's the way it went. And, um, but then I look back on that and I'm like, that worked out just like it should have. Like I wasn't, I realize now I wasn't really in a headspace to jump into a charity dynamic situation where I would have been in another like pressure cooker sitch, you know? Yeah. Um, and I did I, this other thing where I learned so much and I made great friends and, and I, I will cherish it. And although I'm back behind a computer doing techie things, um, I mean, you know, a lot of that is, is just economics. It's like, this is a skill set that pays this much. This is a skill set that pays. It's like, you, you know, it's, but then, but then you like, you're sitting at the computer and you're thinking, oh, I wish I was, I wish I was ripping some boards and pushing some screws and building something. So I don't know. Yeah. So what that's... I'm saying is, is that life is just difficult and it's a struggle and the struggle I... is the blessing. Of course, I remember you going through all of that. Yeah, and I, you know, I, you know, I can tell you, uh, as as a scientific observer, that yeah, you you definitely you made some very good decisions for yourself. And well, uh, but that wait, but the decisions were made for me. You know, like. Well, yeah, no, but you said leaving the leaving the. Oh, first graphic uh -huh. design company, you right. know that's right. You know, you took a you took a risk there. You rolled the dice, and it and it really paid off for you in the long, you know, over a five year 
period or eight year period, whatever we're at now. Uh, let's call it five. Let's call it. Let's call. Let's call it six. It's really a six year from like the time I was like going to school to do web design and leaving the beer distributor. That was about six years ago. Now, Matthew, let me ask you this: Do you think you know? Because while you you were talking about rolling with the punches, and I'm thinking, man, you know, we've all been rolling with some punches for the Mm -hmm. last year. Do you think that you know as as do you think that humanity? Uh, you know, around the entire globe, do you think that we could all come, you know, come away from this better for having been through it? I have felt like that from the beginning. I'm a big fan of chaos and I sort of thrive in, you know, adversity. I, I really, all my life have noticed that like when things get really hairy, I can zone in and, and, and just pull out the good. I don't know. This whole time I've been seeing all of the silver linings. I mean, my life felt like completely out of control before the pandemic. And in a way it's helped me focus on what's important, but, but then that's macro that's micro. And then there's a macro situation that you're talking about that God, you hope any kind of destruction the dance of Shiva, you know, is that's so part of the cycle. I don't know. Somehow in in the Western ethos of like happy endings and all the movies, you forget about appreciating the death and destruction that makes new life. You know, I mean, you, the fires cleanse the forest so that there can be more forest, you know, and uh yeah yeah yeah. i think i I, i'm thoughts like that have been helping me through the pandemic for sure i'm feeling the same thing Uh, maybe maybe not quite on that grand of a scale but definitely uh, i like to turn it into an episode of cosmos whenever i can (laughs) that's very impressive yeah you uh you went on a real trip there i I love it uh i also love i don't know if y'all can hear it but there the uh precipitation is freezing on the bamboo outside my window and it's I think everybody's to... gonna lose power. We'll be lucky if we get through the recording of the show. <laughs> it's starting to clack together. <laughs> well if, we're, this, think... if this show just ends and a stickers track begins, it's because we lost power. <laughs> it's because we lost power. And thank you for joining us on episode seventy and we love you. Let's say goodbye now just in <laughs> case we love you. Love you love you the choices. every one of you Shout Sweet out to uh, new listener Sean Bennett, uh, new, new new listener but old friend Sean Bennett. Uh, great to see you, Sean Bennett. Do I know Sean Bennett? Uh, he was a bartender at Waller Creek Pub House. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, sure, yeah. I, yes, I would I, say I the one with the, the he was he had a beard, but that doesn't narrow it down for. I I, I know. I remember of, Sean. <laughs> employees of Waller Creek Pub the House. Name sounded familiar. Yeah. Uh, oh, is he? And, is he? Oh. And a uh, little sister Gracie got at me. She remembers is he married that to my friend Lori Buell. He is. Yes. Right, L- Lori's husband. Okay, I worked with Lori at Trudy's. That's right. I forgot about that Trudy's yeah. connection. That's yeah. yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was just a kiddo, and I was in a tequila haze for a couple of years there. Yeah, I remember y'all. <laughs> yeah, I remember the two of you broing down on on the Trudy's days <laughs> one night at, at Waller Creek. Uh, yeah. Oh, that was when we stopped by there on um, the Ides of March uh, on St. Patrick's Day. Okay, I'm sorry I interrupted. Go on. Stop interrupting, Matthew. <laughs> oh, I was going to say uh, little sister Gracie, little sister and producer Am I Redis, Gracie, uh, got at us. She remembers the Garfield in Paradise animated special. Uh, and she specifically remembers like us recreating that like in our in in our bedroom. I think we're the we're now the only two people in the world who remember this, but um she it was said, a seminal work for your family. Like I would have her do, you know, yeah, do that with me. So we would do the chrome, 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 <laughs> and I would do the ba 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 doo ba. 
But she said she didn't she didn't realize that it was Chrome. She thought they were just we were just saying ohm. Oh. Which is an understandable thing. It, <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny how that that just affected us. And what a what a really weird, genuinely weird thing that was. It's pretty obscure. I need to go back the whole the whole show is on YouTube. I, I need to go back and just watch the whole show. Uh, it's pretty Let me ask fun you a question. Able to find it. Can you remember a time in your life when you got really excited about something and then got disappointed? Either because back sort of on that same other topic, either because it didn't turn out exactly like you thought it would, it would, or maybe which is my problem. I, the, me getting excited about it causes it not to be as great as it can be. Sure. Can you tell us about a time when you got really excited about something? And I would have to think about it some more. Do you have one? Yeah, I have a classic one <laughs> that I always think of. <clears throat> um, I've been thinking about it because my daughter struggles from this too, you know, like she'll get so excited about something like it's hard to sleep. Yeah. And then you, then you're tired and you feel like a, (laughs) you feel like a bag of ass and you just like, you can't enjoy the thing. Yeah. One time, uh, when Chris and Lisa were still living in San Francisco, they were coming here for fun, fun, fun fest. And, and the kids were younger than they are now, and I didn't get much like going out fun times. And there's three funs in the name of the festival. I, of course, I loved Fun, Fun, Fun Fest. I had been a number of years before um, and, you know, had a great time. And um, I just, uh, I got too excited ahead of time, man. And like they, um, <laughs> I couldn't sleep at all on Thursday night. Like I tried so hard and I just, (laughs) I I didn't sleep for shit. It was, I just, and so I felt really terrible on Friday and, um, you know, but my adrenaline got me to the festival for sure. And, you know, we started having a good time at the fest and, you know, you know, drinking, smoking, just having a good time. And, and then I, I don't like crowds. I don't know if you know this about me, Shafi. I've, I've I've observed it. I don't ha- I don't have too many phobias, but I would say crowds of people are in the tops of my phobias. Like I'm, I like I've got to like breathe. I've got to do yogic breathing when I go to a UT game. You know, and just mm-hmm. be like, it's okay. There's not going to be a stampede. Probably. That's what yeah. it is. It's like it's that mob mentality thing from the simpsons like anytime i'm in a large group of humans i'm afraid of like you know some panic happening. understand <laughs> completely that yeah. you know <laughs> yeah these things do happen anyway um we we were just you know listening to some music and they like pushing up close to the stage and so i'm with this group of people it's also it's chris and lisa and they're like friends from california too there's like you know um, some other people there and um, I remember Manish was there and he was trying to buy his house like he was in the workings of trying to buy his house and so he had like kind of left he was like I gotta go talk to this realtor and he actually left and so I'm with I'm with this crew and then we're wow, pushing that'll up make clo- that'll make fun 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 a lot less fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're pushing up closer and closer and then I just like I had a freak out man and I ended up going, I went to the back first and then I was just like, I got to get out of here. And I just left the festival and I, I walked to the train. I was, I was just taking the train home. I walked to the train and I remember I stopped at a bar and I just to have a drink and Chris called and he was like, dude, where did you go? And I was like, it gets down and left, man. I, I hate it. They razz me about that all the time too. Um, I have, I have definitely been in that situation now, you know, but thinking about it, that mob mentality, I understand that. And I don't like crowds either, but it's, it's funny how irrational that is because there's a way higher percentage. It's like 99.9% of crowds are just fine. 
It's only that 0.01% where things, you know, like human beings get together in crowds a lot of the time. Okay, so let me suggest this other thing. There is that, but there's also how I'm kind of, I'm, I'm empathetic, you know, like I feel other people. And sometimes if I'm in a crowd, I can just be overwhelmed by all of the feeling there. I'm feeling too many people. I don't know. Now I'm talking crazy. People are are uh, turning off the podcast. I, I'm sorry. Well, no, I mean, I, Chafee, yeah. Changes. <laughs> <laughs> I understand getting stressed out about that. I would now to answer your kind of question from before, what you're describing, I definitely do not have that problem. I think, in fact, wait, where you don't sleep. Yeah, where I get so excited. And it, if anything, I I feel like I. I tend to make find ways to make kind of normal situations more exciting than they would be like, you know, so just a, like a trip to New York for the weekend or something like, you know, it's just, it's always guaranteed to be, you know, good and weird and mysterious. And I know better than to try to anticipate anything that might happen because it's all going to be, you know, 20 times stranger than what I even imagined. However, I also, like you, like, I don't mind just leaving. Like, if I was at Fun 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 Fest and I wasn't having a good time, like, it's okay to just leave and, you know, go and, and find your own thing. It's, I understand being a little mad at yourself because, you know, you got so fired up about it. But I think that... I mean, I also sort of feel like I let them down because, you know, Chris, I think Chris was genuinely like, why'd that guy leave? You know, I thought we were hanging. Yeah. So, um, that again, and then again, that's the empathetic thing, you know. I'm, yeah. I'm worried about how Chris is feeling. That's my problem is I care too much about other people's feelings. I'm more There's... and that's it's a big thrust of my therapy. So <laughs> I I always, you know, I feel like you know, I would never hold it against Chris if he, you know, didn't feel like coming to the social event. So he should never hold it against me. Yeah. And I guess maybe not everybody's like that, but I think if we all if we all were like that, then nobody would ever have to worry about it, right? Well, I was also quite disappointed in myself too because I I, I wanted to have the fun, and then I just walked away from the fun because I I don't know. And <laughs> you know, you gotta like what we all just have to remember is that there's always more fun. Okay, no, we're not yeah, gonna. That's a good not, point. We're not ever gonna run out of you know. It's always possible, you know. And, you know, sometimes it might be up to you to make the fun, but. And that's what the podcast is about. And I think so. So I think we should get on to some of our traditional, um, uh, some of our traditional segments today. And I know that, um, I know that you love him. I know that you miss him. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. What? Wait, wait, What? Sorry, folks. I was talking to my robot over here. I think. Oh, hey, buddy. Um, you mentioned the robot. You said Alex would be happy to hear it. Are you? Is that does that mean you're tired of the robot? No, no, I'm down with the robot. Why? Uh, okay, okay. No, I just I, know I'm just Alex. Trying to judge. Alex is on record as a particular fan of the robot. Well, I would say that. I was really when Alex said that I was on a precipice of of ditching the robot, but I think listening back, I'm using the robot in uh, judicious ways, and it's it, it, it's a nice little. Sometimes we need a little segment segue of beats, especially to announce, you know, uh, any kind of segment that we're gonna do. Like, do we have any segments for tonight? Are we doing any segments? What's the segment? Oh, this is the segment. What's the segment? <laughs> That's something I imagine Alex uh, texting us. Oh, guys, I have this great idea for a segment. What's the segment? 
segment. <laughs> it's, it's where you it's where you guys take a minute to figure out what the segment is. Let the me ask you this: Do, is the segment? <laughs> <laughs> we have an extended news cruise tonight, but maybe we're not ready for that. Maybe we're going to end on that. Maybe we'll ease into it with a little with yield workshop. Maybe we could have a little a yield workshop, and I made a beat especially for yield workshop. I don't know if I. For, I don't. It's not the same one. It's not the same one every time either. Yield workshop. Yield workshop. Yows. <laughs> it's the acronym. Yows. Oh right, right. Yows. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got you, wrote you it with, on the show sheet. I got you with it last time, and you got it. With, you got me with it this time. Yows. Yield workshop. Yo, workshop. Okay, so polar vortex. I have a definition for you. Okay, I like a definition. You're you got polar bear DNA. You're gonna tell me about the polar vortex. A coincidence? And, I think you know, not. To me, I know like uh, climate change has affected the strength of the jet stream, which you know moves from. Uh, west to east across America affects a lot of our weather. It's the reason, you know, that, you know, kind of cold fronts and and storms, you know, will start up around Seattle and come down through America and then exit America, usually around, you know, the New England area. Uh, so if that's the jet stream having that effect. Of course, you know, other things happen with weather too, creating storms and stuff elsewhere. But that's why you see those p- patterns in America often so uh, w- so what i knew about the polar vortex was that the jet stream is weakened and so this air from the arctic was pushing down into texas that normally would kind of be kept up there by the jet stream held up by the jet stream like a hammock and so but it turns out that that air up there is that's called the polar vortex Oh. It's a persistent, large-scale, upper-level, low-pressure area, less than 1,000 kilometers in diameter, that rotates counterclockwise at the North Pole and clockwise at the South Pole. That makes the, a lot of sense. The, vortice, the vortices, which is the plural of vortex, vortices weaken and strengthen from year to year. Uh, and they are driven by the Coriolis effect, which let's not go into that now but I am curious about what the Coriolis effect is. So the phenomenon of it pushing through the jet stream is not the polar vortex. The the cold air itself is the polar vortex. I'm so glad you looked that up because I thought that polar vortex was like a scare tactic type word. Just something that us, just something that the yeah. <laughs> just something and that the weathermen one. made up so they they'd they'd have yet another thing to talk about. Yeah, I yeah, like I understand that apocalypse and like wintry mix and <laughs> all those things they say to get snow you. Snowpocalypse is definitely a silly made up word. There's uh, and then in in New York, just in the last you know ten to fifteen years, we've seen the advent of thunder snow. But that, I mean, that's a real thing, you know, that didn't used to happen before. Usually, usually in a snowstorm, you would you would not really expect lightning and thunder. But uh, with, you know, with the changes um, um, that are happening to our climate, there is now thunder snow, which I, you know, I think we are we are eventually going to be held accountable one way or another for how we've treated our environment. But I think thunder snow is cool. <laughs> yeah, I, it's a it's a silver lining for me. There was thunder snow a few weeks ago when it snowed here. Yeah, I yeah. think. Did you hear some thunder that day? We we did. We, uh, we, I I did not notice it, but I believe that. Yeah, I believe you that it happened. Yeah, yeah it was exciting. They say I'm it's going to s- snow on Monday. Yes, yeah, Monday and possibly Wednesday. Although I don't, you know anything beyond two days out i don't necessarily believe that's just the way i am uh but like that that's like that other 
it's like, that's like that other topic we were on your expectations about what's going to happen in the future yes oh this okay so yeah there would be one matthew yes i do i get so excited about any kind of dramatic weather you know it can be you know a great you know massive uh you know plains thunderstorm in the summer or you know a great polar vortex in the winter i get excited about it and yeah and then if it if it doesn't if i don't get us you know it's a a a bizarre amount of snow and it's been promised to me then yeah, i do i do i get very disappointed disappointed yeah <laughs> but i get i and any any weather that lasts i would say seven days is as long as i would want any weather to last before it changes to something else you know be it, whether it's sunshine and 72 or you know your polar vortex and but it's going to be that's the prediction here is basically for the next seven days our highs are going to be around 35 and some days they're going to be lower than that and our lows if my power and my electric heating is fine then i'm cool with it oh our lows are gonna be low however i did look up the uh, projected seven day forecast for omaha nebraska on that day, and I think it's Monday, it's predicted to get down to single-digit temperatures here in Austin, which, you know, for us, that really cold. But on that day, Monday in Omaha, Nebraska, they are predicted to have a high of negative 10 degrees and a low of negative 30. Wow. <clears throat> wow. That's like that. We were talking about that Russian town that's the coldest recently. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think about it. So, you know, here I would say, you know, 28, 25 degrees is really cold. You know, if you're a polar bear, that's when you're starting to get cold. And that's, that's 55 degrees below that. So you're talking about the difference between 85 degrees and 30 degrees mm. is the is that's how much colder than my already low, high standards for cold. It's 50, 55 degrees below that. I don't really so think we have, I don't really think we have senses for that. Like at that, <laughs> on that scale, it's just about how quickly tissue is damaged. Yeah. You, you can't, there's a, I, I think, and I don't know, I don't have that much experience with cold. I feel like there's a certain cold and then your senses stop working. And then it's just like set your Fitbit. It's so interesting. That you don't get frostbite. It's interesting. I've done winters both in New York and in Boston, and you know, down here we think of those both as being up north, but you know, there's a few hundred, a hundred, I guess probably about two hundred miles, one hundred and fifty miles between them, and that's a significant change. To where it's colder in Boston? Yeah, in New York, you know, if it, you know, if it got down into the teens, we were cold. Uh, but you know, in Boston, you were more likely to see those negative, negative single-digit temperatures when you would actually like the snot in your nose would freeze. Mm. <laughs> it's like Dang. a very strange phenomenon. <laughs> That's when you're just like, oh, I got to get inside and not leave. <laughs> it's, even if you're a polar bear. I've spent a lot of time wishing that I lived in a colder climate, but maybe that's. There are, you know, there, there are extremes, right? Yeah. You know, sure. there, there's cold and then there's cold. So, and then there's polar right. vortex. So happy polar vortex, every, everyone. This, uh, I guess this episode, you know, will probably drop you know kind of friday or maybe saturday so we'll be we'll be just just starting to get into it i think it'll depend on how uh easily i guess it, it'll depend on if there's any editing needed so let's not screw up yeah i uh, <laughs> no i'm kidding i never edit the show i wonder i wonder how different we sound we're using a new recording software folks if we sound differently that's why and yeah. So that's if there is a hang up for how long it takes this to go out after recording it, then that's that's definitely that's definitely why. Yeah. Do we have any? That was a. By the way, 
Cheers to you, sir. That was a fantastic yield workshop. That was a really fun yield workshop. It's fun to get, it's fun to get excited about things. Is it like? But sometimes it hits me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, it's, I can feel myself. I'm like, I'm too excited about it. I gotta calm down. Yeah, um, I, I started to get that way, and it's gonna be really disappointed if you know if it only gets down to 20 degrees on Monday. I am going I to be that. so mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's hoping for low teens, my friend. Are you, are you hoping for single digits? Let's bring on the single digits. Okay. In the, in the wee hours of Monday and Tuesday morning, we might see some single digits here in Austin. Maybe we should record a podcast then. Um, Let's do it. Do we have any lingering cues from the J? I don't think we do. No. No. Okay. I okay. think our news cruise is so extravagant today yeah, that I think maybe... Let's uh, get on to it. Let's get on to it. I'm talking aft deck. I'm talking shuffleboard. I'm talking Pim's cup in hand. Exciting and news. News. Um, I was thinking about our name, the News Cruise. In a way, that's like life in America, right? Like you're on a cruise and news seems like out there like you look you're on the aft deck playing a little shuffleboard and the the news is somewhat out there but we like to bring it right into you right into the uh to the stateroom i don't know what's some more what's some more cruise ship um the bridge do do they does a cruise ship have a bridge (laughs) i think that's just star trek i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i'd like to welcome Everything correspondent, Schaefer Hall. Uh, let's talk first about, uh, thank you, field correspondent Ellen Ferguson for sending us this story about... Lindsay's mom. About Robbie Megabyte. Uh, the, the, a Bosnian rock band now has a, has a robot band member oh and let's see here they're called the dubiosa collective which is i think translates to dubiosa collective it's just spelled all german i'm not is sure what like dubiosa dubious? is is that like dubious oh collective? maybe so maybe they're maybe it's the right. dubious collective maybe you're right bosnia's like most me. Bosnia's most popular rock band uh, has like a new rec- you and Alex, the dubious collective. Yeah, <laughs> has a new recruit who sings and plays musical instruments, a humanoid robot called Robbie Megabyte. Uh, students from Sarajevo University's Electrical Engineering School built Robbie after the band requested a robot to uh, fit. Apparently, their new album is called Hashtag Fake News, which wait, uh, hopefully they like out. A- Ultra nationalist. I don't know. Hopefully, they're pushing against it. I don't. I don't know. Let's oh. let's not worry about that for uh-huh. now. There's a lot of right wing activity in Europe these days. Uh, yeah. Let's not point any fingers there, right? I mean, no more than you know, <laughs> homegrown insurrectionists of a show. No more than going on on going on on the White House lawn. Yeah. Uh. One. There's. <laughs> Now, what I don't know is, I guess they program the, uh, okay, so the message is about evil artificial intelligence, which takes away jobs from good people, Uh, but it is intended to be ironic. (laughs) I don't know. That sounded a little right wing. They took our jobs. (laughs) Uh, Oh, it's intended to be ironic. Okay. It's right. intended to be ironic, which, you know, it's getting. Uh, Is that like rain on your wedding day? There's wheels, wheels within wheels here. Recycled materials. I have a question. What I was just what trying in- to figure out from. Sorry, go ahead. What instrument does the robot play? Yeah, I imagine see, keys. 
Maybe he plays the Korg Electrab. I'm going to... Yeah, that's... You know, that's kind of <laughs> what I was imagining was some more synthesizer type stuff. But, uh, you know what? I'm going to dig up some... I'm going to dig up some video of it so we can watch it. We'll see what I, you know, what I was wondering is like, is there AI, you know, because they have AI these days that can write novels. They have AI that can write poems. And so I was wondering if this robot was actually writing songs, because I think that that'd be super cool. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that that's the case. I think that they just made a robot, you program it, it plays some, some part of the music that the band is playing. Can we get some AI poetry on this show? I hope so. Yeah, uh, yeah, def definitely. We can, we can, we can definitely dig some up. I uh, there was a there was a guy or maybe a group of people I'm not sure a while back who did. They just took 300 contemporary poets, all of whom were kind of active on the internet, and and fed all of those poems into an AI program, and then. It spat out a bunch of uh, poems based on those parameters that it got from those 300 contemporary poets. And they printed out like 300 artificially and artificially created AI created poems. And they kind of assigned each of them to one of us. And they probably, they did all this without asking. So one day there was this PDF that listed me as one of the poets. And it was just. I turned it to mine, and it was and it was kind of funny. I really, I actually liked the the poem of mine. I mean, I'll see if I can dig that up. Uh, but yeah, there's we can definitely find some AI generated poem poems Good. for uh, for some work here. I'm gonna put it on the show sheet. Excellent. Continue with your news cruise, please, sir. News uh, cruising along in the news. Uh, field correspondent Grant Hall, aka my dad sent us a really a really interesting article based on you because we were talking about the shining and he sent us a great article written in by the hollywood uh, written written up in the hollywood reporter uh the uh seth abramovich is the writer and it's shelly duvall who was in the shining and she it turns out she has extremely high texosity she was born in texas uh she spent 20 years doing these amazing uh, movies in Hollywood, you know, of course with Stanley Kubrick, but a lot with Robert Altman um, is who I Popeye. mostly think of her with. Yeah, they yeah they did Popeye together. They did uh, Nashville. They did McCabe and Mrs. Miller. And they did one. It's it's funny. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Robert Altman movies, and particularly ones with Shelley Duvall in them, Thieves Like Us. They listed about seven of them. And there was one, you know, Robert Altman made so many movies. There was one Robert Altman movie with Shelley Duvall in it that I'd never heard of. Uh, it's called Buffalo Bill and the Indians. Yeah, that one was entirely off my radar. So I, I got it. We should do a Shelley Duvall Robert Altman festival when it's safe to be together again. Yeah, we'll let's do it. Do at it. The bar. That would, yeah, that would be uh, that would be super fun. Yeah, the front page would be a great place to do that. Uh, so. Sh Shelly uh, kind of felt the need to escape Hollywood. And and the reasons, you know, were kind of complicated, but I think everybody understands them. You know, it's just it's a high <laughs> I pressure. Think, I don't think when you say that, anybody's like, but why? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and she escaped to Texas, uh, where she's actually, she's Obvi. from here. Okay. Uh, but... She seems like she's doing really cool, really weird things out there in the hill country. And uh, yeah, yeah, she's one of us. She's Where one of she ours. Living in the hill country, does it say? Not exactly. And it, in the are we able to of, stalk her? No, it's it, the. I think the article was specifically avoiding that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll post the article. They, did, they didn't say the name of her street in an episode or anything, right? <laughs> it's really neat. The. Uh, the way she was kind of discovered, she was living uh, in Houston when Robert Altman was was there making Brewster McCloud, which is the one where uh, where Harold from Harold and Maude lives in the basement of the 
of the Astrodome or like lives in the bowels of the Astrodome. Oh, uh, that was a super cool, super weird movie. Mm-hmm. But Shelley Duvall was trying to, she was basically kind of hustling for her boyfriend, trying to sell his art. And these people who were working on Bruce McLeod found her and they just found her such an interesting and unusual person. They were like, Robert Altman would love her. So they set up, they set up a thing for, uh, for Shelley Duvall to show Robert Altman the art, and then, uh, and then sure enough, Robert Altman was like, "I have to work with you," and of course they went on to do that and and did a did a lot of great work together. Uh, she How was many in movies. A, did they have together? Six or seven. Okay. Uh. An interesting, another one, Three Women, which this one I knew about, but I don't think I've ever actually seen, uh, and that has Shelley Duvall in it. I mean, sorry, Sissy Spacek in it, who is another Texan who, uh, and who also, uh, you know, I I think, you know, in my head a lot, I've probably confused, I actually just did it in the voice, when I, when I went to say, Sissy SpaceX name. I said Shelley Duvall. I think I, I uh, commonly confuse them in my head. So it's really interesting that they have actually been in a Robert Altman movie together, uh, and it sounds like a really good one. It's called Three Women. So I'm gonna have to check that one out too. It's a great, uh, great article. Uh, it's there's some tough. It does. Uh, go into some she had some mental health problems which you know who among us does not and she's you know uh she's found a way to uh to work through them so a really really positive story and you know sounds great i'm really happy that both that she you know had the time to make all of this cool art with robert allman with other directors and also that you know she was able to get away when she needed to and now she's now she's uh, living a really cool, really funky life in the Hill Country. So thanks, did, uh, thanks for that article. It's a really good one. Did our old buddy Val Kilmer? Did he flee Hollywood at some point, or did Hollywood flee him? I can't remember. I th- no, I think Val Kilmer is still very much. Yeah, he's got you know he's got his art. I know, studio but he, on he, on Hollywood he, Boulevard. But, I think he's. But wait, why was what was the reason that he became out of favor with the? Uh, oh, because he was just because he was difficult to work with. Yeah, I don't know why that. Well, yeah, there's that one story. It's it's just really him and one director. Oh, okay. Who Sorry. they really? Yeah, they really. Uh, they just didn't jive. Which you know, it's like when you think about a movie production. You know, you have hundreds of people involved. You have all of the you know lead actors' egos. You have the director's ego. You have who knows how many producers egos you have the writer's ego and that's you know and that's just you know that's a dozen people who are at the very top who are all pushing and pulling and then you have hundreds of other people involved in working on this i don't frankly i don't know how any movie ever gets made you know it's really I don't know uh, how any podcast ever gets made. it's really something with all of these with all of these egos bouncing off each other here <laughs> that's not what i meant <laughs> I, I, I was referring to a hundred people and there's just two here. That's all. Yep. Here we are. So Shelly Duvall will be up on the, on the Facebook page. So you can read that article. That, that really is exciting. One. Look for that on the Facebook page. And I feel like, I feel like there's another story. Yes. Just popped into my inbox from, <laughs> the good people at the New York Times. I was excited to see uh, talking about those farmers in India we've been worried about. Who have wait? You know, I've got a beat for those farmers in India. Good. <laughs> yeah, go farmers, go. So I'm starting to learn a little more about what's going on over there. So the Indian government is trying to enforce these new laws telling you know telling folks what they can grow what they can't uh when they can grow it um 
I still don't understand exactly how it's all going down, but basically the farmers are at odds with the government about, uh, you know, over-regulation or, uh, like I say, what it, what exactly it is, I'm not sure. But the Indian government, it's a, it's a democratically elected government, but they have been silencing people, you know, and that's kind of what we, what we keep seeing is uh, people are coming out and trying to talk about this and people are, uh, and people are silencing them. And so the Indian government told Twitter that they had to, uh, they had to cancel the accounts of various journalists and activists and these other people who are kind of working with the farmers in this protest. And so, and it's really interesting because in this instance, Twitter is saying, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to, we're going to keep these going. And, uh, it's, it's very curious to me because, you know, I hadn't thought about it because this has been going on here in America too. Right. So, you know, and, and then I thought about the difference between a government telling you to do something and the courts of that, the country's government versus the country's courts. And, you know, so what's going on in India is basically if Donald Trump were to say, hey, I don't like what these guys are saying about, about it. I'm going to demand that Twitter shut them down. That's, that's one that's one thing, right? And I think everybody would say, no, you can't do that. You know, anybody can, should be able to speak out. Now, if now if the Supreme Court were to say it, that would be another thing, right? Because they, they would consider it. They would say, okay, this is dangerous for everybody. And, you know, this is not free speech. You know, maybe it's maybe it's hate speech or maybe it's, you know, uh, maybe you're, you're uh, inciting violence, whatever. So you can't do this. Uh, so that that that'd be kind of a whole other thing. So when we get this information that the Indian government is trying to shut down Twitter, it's important to note that it is the the administrative branch and not the judicial branch that is doing this. And uh, I think going forward, that's going to be something that we have to think about more. Obviously, they're dealing with it in India. Uh, and, you know, I kind of liked the story because it, you know, for our Indian listeners, uh, you know, y'all are dealing with stuff that we're dealing with here and we're dealing with this globally. And that is what, what speech, where does, you know, where does free speech and, and, you know, and, you know, and dangerous, dangerous speech begin and, and who arbitrates this stuff? And that's, you know, that's why we have courts. You know, it's important to remember this. That's, this is exactly what we've created courts to do. And it is not why we have presidents. It is not why we have <laughs> Congress. You know, it is not their responsibility, you know. So we need to, uh, I just feel like this, you know, this had me thinking, like, you know, we need to get courts involved. You know, I was thinking about this impeachment trial. Like, why is this up to Congress? You know, this this should be up to, you know, the the courts should be more involved with all of this stuff because they, you know, that's kind of part of the, the whole the whole system is supposed to be checks and balances, right? Yeah. And right. there there doesn't seem to be a lot of checking and balancing happening in between the legislative and and the uh, and the presidential branch. What is that called? Executive. The executive branch, you, and you, you had know. said that earlier about India that this is the executive branch exactly that's making these, and I, and so that seems that seems like the word of caution there is when, you know, so when the when the executive branch is, it took I, me a I, long time to say it, and I didn't say it well, but it seems to me like the judicial branches in both countries need to start getting involved in their. <clears throat> in their governments and in their, in the uh, activities of their country, because, because of overextension of power by the executives and frankly, in the legislative branch, they're just not, doesn't seem like they're able to get anything done. So. 
when you know. when it becomes so partisan and and um when everybody's toeing a line and not thinking about each issue individually, it becomes a bit of a log jam up there. Exactly. I had heard some other talk about the Indian situation on NPR and it was, um, you know, concerning, uh, uh, about the a- absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wish yeah. I knew more about it. It does seem to me like there's some there's some injustice going on on the part of their elected officials. Well, uh, you, you seem at, you seem uh, just like Rihanna. You know a little bit, but you want to get involved, start meddling like those <laughs> like the Scooby Doo kids. I think yeah, if we were to. If we were to get canceled in India, that would disappoint me a great deal because oh, it would be terrible. Over, over half of our listeners are over there. I was but, looking at the number. I was looking at the numbers, and in the last twenty-eight days, we're more popular in India, my friend. Yeah. The but, total total U.S. downloads are higher, but the last twenty-eight days, India is like five to three. But we can't not say the hard things just be just for the downloads, Matthew. That's true, Shafi. I, I, I'll stop weaving the word "download" into the song parody any day. <laughs> I, uh, if there's anybody, if there's anybody guilty of pandering to downloads, it's definitely it's this guy, not you, Matthew. I'm I, I'm pandering for downloads. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like. This has been a very successful episode 70. But this is what we were talking about earlier. I feel like it's good, but we're going to listen to it, and it's going to be crapola. I don't know. It's, I don't <laughs> think it's ever I don't think it's ever crapola, Matthew. I think, weren't you going to, you were going to read us a dream, right? I was, and I didn't have, can you vamp for just like a second? Absolutely. Just vamp for I can one. vamp. I uh, actually, I was just thinking about how the Shelley Duvall story ties in with the robot musician story, tying in with the Twitter uh, Twitter's battle with the Indian government, and I <laughs> and I don't know how they all tie together, except that I I definitely when I was reading that story about Shelley Duvall, I felt, I felt a lot of compassion for her. Cause I was like, honey, it is a crazy world. And you know, uh, Hollywood and movie making is even, even crazier and do whatever you got to do to, to keep yourself sane in with, you know, with what's going on out there. So I was really happy to hear her story and, to see that uh you know that things are things are going well i mean that's what we're doing here just trying to keep ourselves sane isn't it yeah exactly okay i hold in my hand and viewers schaefer and i are on a video link and he can see the i'm holding the envelope and this is an unopened svalina dream envelope oh how Um, exciting i've got dreams 65 to 71 here and I'm going to open the envelope. I have pre-screened all previous dreams, but we're going to do a random dream here. This is super you can hear, exciting. Listen to the envelope opening. All right. You think I should pull from the front or the back? Front. Pulling from the front. Okay, here we go. The 65th dream. Oh, wouldn't that have been funny if it was the 70th? (laughs) My bad. (laughs) We're going to read the 65th. Oh, wait. Okay. The 65th dream. You are in a wonderful little bookstore. 
you walk through the shelves, seeing dozens of books you want to read, books with fascinating titles, books with beautiful covers, books you've never heard of by authors you already adore. You gather up a big handful of books and take them to the counter. The guy with the beard tallies up the books. That'll be $150, the guy with the beard says. But today is February 13th. This day only happens once in every person's lifetime, so we're having a sale. He gets out a calculator and punches in some numbers. How does this look, he says, and pushes the calculator towards you. The display for the calculator shows a looping animated gif of digital snow falling over a digital desert. Or maybe a gif, I don't know. You take out your wallet. There's only a single $20 bill inside. The guy with the beard hands you a pair of child safety scissors. You cut the 20 in half. The scissors make a satisfying sound. The two halves of the dollar bill quickly grow into full 20s. You cut those two in half and the four pieces grow into four 20s. You do this until you have enough money. You take the books and walk down the stairs and out the door and into the digital desert full of pixelated cactuses and boulders, digital snowflakes, each one identical to the rest, fall from the digital sky. I love Dude. it. I... Dude, <laughs> was that the right dream for the moment? Today's I... <laughs> February 12th, isn't it? No, it's the 11th. Today's February 11th. It was February 13th in the dream. There's snow... There's supposed to be snow falling. Yeah. That's a, that's extraordinary. Well-timed. Well, people are going to think that's a put on. People are going to think that's a put on dude. People. I mean, excuse me, listeners, excuse me, hunter gatherers. That is not a put on that just happened. I was, I was sitting here watching. It was 100% not a put on. And I wonder if the guy with the beard at the bookstore was Sean Bennett. I know. We were just talking about the guy with the beard. Which guy at the bar at Waller Creek had the beard? All right. Well, we made it to the end of the cast and the the power didn't go out. And so we just want to tell you that we love you. Each and every one of you. We love you. We uh, Are we doing some Milton or some uh, some stickers tonight? What's What are we going to go out with, you know? You got a preference? How, what are you feeling? Sometimes when I'm recording the cast and I'm trying to think of the closing track, if we haven't talked about it, I try to match it up with the, is this a, is this a stickers? Is this a, a Milton? Is this a Ben Murphy? Is it, you know, uh, oh, we got options yeah. here. Yeah. Why don't we, yeah. Why don't we do Ben Murphy? Yeah. We, we talked about yeah, some political I, stuff. We, we yeah, got, we got Ben Murphy track. Yeah. I, I can't say I can't say the name of it here because I don't have the MP3s in, in my hand. But yeah, all right. Just remember, the poor of the choices, the sweet of the wine. Your gun cost me my father. Your gun cost me my wife. Your gun cost me my brother. Your gun cost me my life. Your gun cost me my uncle. Your gun cost me my niece. Your gun cost me my nephew. Your gun cost me my peace. Your gun cost me my daughter. Your gun cost me my son. Your gun took everything from me. But you still got your gun. Everything I know Your gun cost me my world Your gun